What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain. Quick message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting is a top Bitcoin and crypto betting site that allows you to place bets in casino games, sports books, racing, gaming, you name it. It's your money. You should be able to. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have fun with it too, outside of traditional investing. So check out all the action at nitrobetting.eu. All links are in the description below. Enjoy the episode, guys. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 358. Today, we have Mads, CEO for uh, ArcFi and Art Banks, as well as Matisse, the founder and CTO for Alliance Block, here to talk about their partnership and collaboration, what they're working on today, as well as their individual products and endeavors. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, uh, for, for having us today. Thank you for having us, Brandon. It's a pleasure to be here. Likewise. Pleasure to have you both. Um, let's do some introductions for the people. Um, whoever wants to go first, maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, your background, your your story, how you kind of got into the space and what you do now. Uh, yeah, I can start. Um, so Matthijs Fries uh, from the Netherlands. I've been in uh, the industry since 2017. And but have a large software development background. I've always been in different kind of programming languages, building stuff, um, and had built a couple of businesses before and be part of um, uh, smaller and larger uh, companies in different roles uh, besides software development, project management, management, um, uh, um, sales, even um, to, to really discover like what what do I what do I really like? What do I want? And um, to learn as much as possible from different industries. The only thing that really captivated me when uh, was when I got in touch with uh, crypto, with blockchain technologies. And this was Ethereum, to be really specific. I already knew uh, about Bitcoin for the longest time. Uh, it was very early, although I never invested anything, just knew about it. Um, but when I learned about Ethereum and smart contracts application of blockchain, I was completely sold. So in 2018, I founded uh, together with uh, with Rashid and uh, Amber uh, Alliance Block. And uh, what we do is provide the infrastructure for the decentralized tokenized markets. So we built a protocol and a suite of uh, products and components to assist in building uh, compliant, where it's applicable, uh, platforms on blockchain technologies. Um, uh, so we, yeah, we can dive uh, in, in, in some of these, these de details a little bit later in this podcast, but uh, yeah, that's in short what we do. Perfect. 
so let me let me take over from here, Matthias. Uh, so my name is is Mass Thompson. I've uh, been living in in Switzerland for the past nine years. Before that, uh, I used to live in Denmark, so I'm Danish, and I used to invest in undervalued art since the age of of sixteen. So I started very young. I realized that the Scandinavian art market had a let's say a low performance compared to the international art market, and I benefited quite uh, substantially from that. Um, but I always had one major issue, and that was I couldn't get enough liquidity to basically acquire new new art pieces so i was all always in this in this kind of bubble to to sell it and then buy some new stuff and then have it for a long holding period so when i came to switzerland i have a, a dream of creating a company within the art field i then connected with a lot of collectors because art is, is basically the hop here in, in, in switzerland you have all the free ports you have all the art collectors you have <clears throat> you have all the financial institutions as well so i, I founded art banks around three years ago and uh, we had now uh, an international collection management system representing several of the top 200 collectors. Um, but one of the major requests we got from, from all of the people in our community was really financing, which basically drove me back to, to where I started as well. But they were just buying different type of, of art pieces than myself. They were buying Picasso, Monet or whatever. So that really drove us to create Archify. And Archify is, is basically the first platform in the world where we have embedded option into into a contract of financing and this is really what is exciting very much uh, for me at least because this is a new way to bring liquidity into a very inefficient illiquid market as it is today um, but yeah that's uh, more about that later awesome let's talk about archify i'm very curious how you guys are taking the idea of tokenization and applying that into the art world obviously we've seen a lot of that with nfts um, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, how you guys take that a step further through tokenization, whoever wants to explain that part. Yeah, maybe maybe I just take it uh, here at the first note. So so there's a different type of tokenization. Regular tokenization, you basically just take an art piece, just as an example, and you represent it as a real world asset. And then you just buy it at, let's say, a market value, which is also completely fine. But what you're doing there is that you are speculating in an art piece to appreciate over time. Reality is just it takes a bit longer time than just one day to another. So where we differentiate quite substantially is that we embedded this financing option into the smart contract. And that basically means that investors on our platform, they're buying it at 50% of the market value. So it represents actually a similar constellation as you would see in an art back loan. Yet it's not a loan because we call it an acquisition. And that means that investors actually buy the ownership of this art piece in a predetermined period. Either the collector then repurchases the art piece or he basically defaults. If he repurchases the art piece at the end of the duration, they get a fixed return. It's a stable yield, one could say. Or they basically get the entire ownership afterward, but then they only paid 50% of the market value. So it becomes a very, very appealing investment. Also, it's a very stable investment because art is historically at least not volatile. So it creates a new different kind of landscape for investments of art. And I want to add that um, if you look at the state of DeFi, especially in the last one and a half, two years, we've seen a couple of things. We've seen uh, NFTs booming, uh, a lot of projects taking off, gaining a lot of traction based on um, some really interesting concepts around ownerships, royalties and, um, uh, and art, right? But this is focused on digital art. And um, a lot of people jokingly say, um, it's, it's basically um, a JPEG or uh, a profile picture. How can it be worth so much? And uh, it's not really about that, but um, uh, it, 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 does, it, it does have some truth to it, right? It's nothing tangible, tangible in the fact that you cannot touch it. You cannot smell it. 
and there is no history of this asset outside of the blockchain. And when we look and, and combine this fact with what we've seen happening with us unsustainable yield protocols, like I think Terra Luna is a very perfect example of unsustainable yield and what happens if the critical mass is being reached and the whole ecosystem collapse. I mean, a lot of people felt a lot of pain from that. So if we want to have real yield that is sustainable, then we have to look at things like uh, real world assets. So if we can bring this on chain and have these top tier uh, kind of artworks that are uh, tangible, that, that they can be touched, they have a history, um, they are not as volatile, then we, we can suddenly have this sustainable real yield product. And this is what D DeFi is really in need of uh, today. Are you guys in the middle of still building this out or has this been something that you've already launched for real world art? It's launched, man. Yeah, I we just launched today and that's uh, been a quite a quite a, a rough week uh, with a lot of work, uh, but great credit mm -hmm. out to all of the developers involved in, in the project. Um, but we just launched today and I think also just to add on what Matthias just said uh, earlier on, uh, it's, it's not just about the real world asset, it's, it's also about what does a bank offer today to a customer or what kind of offering is there on the off-chain market? So if you have an art piece, you can always sell it right to a private individual, to a collector, you can place it in auction or whatever. But when it comes to subtracting liquidity, a bank do not normally lend against an art piece. So the solution here is actually creating a, a very large need in the market versus just regular tokenization. And this is really a very important differentiation because there is a major, major need uh, for, for art-backed financing. Last year, the market hit 32 billion in financing, but you have to understand the financing of art today is not uh, only exclusively based on the art piece itself. It's also based on the balance sheet of the collector, where we basically are saying, no, we are only using the art piece as, as a collateral, so to say, for this financing. Interesting. Well, if you when you do art based financing and mm -hmm. you're using tokenization for this, do you guys work with any type of third party to verify the art or the value of the art? Because I know that art can change subjectively uh, quite quickly. You know, depending on you know you know history as well as what's in demand in the market currently. Um, how do you guys kind of assess those things and couple that with the tokenization aspect? Yeah, so that's where basically the main company, ArtBank, comes into the into the image. Mm -hmm. So we started uh, building one of the largest databases in the world, and we are gathering data points from both transactional data and non-transactional data, news exposure, museums exposure, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we're trying to basically predict where the prices are going. Um, but as you said, this is this is complex, and there's a lot of factors that plays into this this role, so to say. Um, but it's it's very important to to first establish whether an art piece is acquired over a gallery directly as an emerging artist or whether it's acquired from an auction house if it has a transa transactional record or if it doesn't have a transactional record. So you always have something to compare with because if there is no transactional history of this artist on the secondary market, it can be very difficult to justify whether the value is 100,000 or 1 million because you only have certain information from one gallery. Uh, so, so this is where where these metrics they come in. But we do also work together with third-party uh, experts, such as auction houses and leading appraisal firms, if there's certain things that we cannot cover internally. Got it. How? So, like, let's say I have a piece of art. Let's say I have like a Picasso or something, and it's been in my family for a generation or two. 
Um, it was acquired at some point and I want to take advantage of this. Maybe I, I need capital. Maybe I need uh, money at the time and I want to do some kind of uh, art-based asset backing so that I can you know, get some money out of the art or, or make it liquid. How do I go through this process and take that piece of art and work with you guys? Do I go to a specific website? Do I have to go through a third party first or do you guys have an onboarding process for that? So right now we have a full onboarding process on, on art banks because the majority of the collectors we already have, they're using the collection management system also. We will eventually also embed it directly into Archify, but normally they can just shoot out an email to us or go to the website, give us a call or whatever. The thing is, there's a lot of, let's say, <laughs> off-chain processes when it comes to verifying the, the art piece, identifying all the right documentation, assessing the condition. So there's a lot of things that is kind of like a process. So you, you cannot automate made all those things right so, so you need to have a human involvement in between what about tokenization of just real world assets in general obviously this is a very important one with artwork but i feel like um tokenization for other kinds of real world assets can be you know also very beneficial for a lot of people that have value that are locked in certain assets they can't you know get out traditionally um can you talk about that a little bit and maybe what that can emerge into because i know the tokenization market is growing very fast yeah, I mean, for, 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 for our instance, just as an example, we are looking into, of course, art, but also cars and collectibles. And the reason for that is that the option financing that we have created is based on a 50%, uh, uh, how do you say, financing uh, of, of the market value. If you were, were to go into yacht or boats or uh, flights or whatever airplanes, right, the problem is that it's, it's devaluating year over year. So if you look at these other asset classes, it could also be, I believe, actually, uh, wine or whiskey is, is some of the most performing uh, asset classes out there. Um, but they are appreciating over time versus certain other things. But of course, blockchain technology can, you can embed almost any type of constellation. But I think Matthias is, is more the right uh, individual to elaborate further on this one. Yeah, so this is why we focused on uh, creating a, an agnostic general protocol that can be programmed very easily into accepting um, nuances and differences between different assets. Um, when we speak about tokenization, it can be securities, uh, whether it's stock, debt, bonds, um, uh, whatever. Uh, we're working um, with our data tunnel offering on tokenization of data and um, uh, there, so th there's a lot of use cases um, which can be translated to real-world assets that can be tokenized and each have their own specific set of rules, sometimes in a certain jurisdiction, sometimes in their own asset class. And um, uh, real estate, for example, has widely different rules uh, in each jurisdiction. Some jurisdictions completely impossible to tokenize real estate. Their jurisdiction it can be completely automated and on-chain. Our jurisdiction, there's a lot of off-chain uh, steps with uh, regis registrations and notaries and whatever. Um, and and so you need to have like this this flexible programmable protocol, um, what we call the Next Era protocol, which stands for Next Era, and um, we 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 developed it with compliance at the core. Um, which is working uh, to, through a programmable uh, rules engine. And we speak about compliance because it's important.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It makes sense because it's often overlooked in uh, decentralized protocols. Um, but it's coming with MICA on the horizon, 24 for the EU as like the most co- comprehensive uh, regulatory framework of, uh, uh, in, in the industry. But we've seen it also now in the Emirates and uh, possibly also coming to the US in the next few years. Let's hope for regulatory clarity there. Uh, but the thing is what, what, I, what I'm trying to say, uh, compliance is, is normal. But there's also business-specific rules that um, make sense. And uh, these are not necessarily for legal reasons, but they need to be able to be programmed to exclude for business reasons. Um, You have the decision that you only want to promote your services within the EU, not because you have to, but just because it's easier to contain or because of uh, uh, fear of uh, competition, etc. And this is what our protocol excels in. So we see that uh, adoption lays in the fact that we need to be uh, agnostic for these kind of things and uh, be flexible. Are there any, this might be a silly question, but are there any like regulations or compliance that needs to be followed in regards to artwork or tokenizing artwork? Is that something you guys have ran into or is it kind of a wide open space? Uh, no, I mean, uh, this, this space is also uh, heavily regulated uh, when it comes on-chain. When it's off-chain, it's, it's a bit more wild west. Um, mm-hmm. but, but of course, the moment you, you step on-chain, it's, it's very difficult to go into different jurisdictions. could be US, SEC, uh, compared to the Swiss uh, framework, um, which is very different. Um, so yes, this is, of course, one of the very, very important element when it comes to tokenizing tokenizing art uh, that we are based on a, on a possession order so we take possession of of the art piece but it does not qualify as a security which is very important because if it were to qualify as a security it becomes very difficult to trade it across uh, different countries hey guys quick message from our sponsor nitro betting nitro betting takes your desire for anonymity seriously It allows you to play without the need to worry about identity checks and personal information. It's a betting site, not an investment site, so you should be able to just have fun. As a top trusted Bitcoin betting site, Nitro Betting has truly got your back. Now, back to the episode, guys. Got it. And also the thing that if you have a fraction, uh, because you really speak about fractionalized um, uh, assets, right? Which means that once the art is being brought on chain, a digital twin NFT is created, this uh, digital twin is fractionalized, which means that little pieces are being uh, created that can be bought off so that you don't have to, as a single uh, retail investor, have to purchase the entire artwork. And uh, each fraction um, can only be traded with somebody else that has uh, undergone a verification process. And... um, and, and, and this is to ensure that even though there is maybe not everywhere a specific clarity, um, we know um, who has uh, uh, the artwork or a piece of the artwork. When you bring the artwork on chain, what are some other things that artists or collectors could do with that art when it's on chain? Obviously, there's fractionalization. 
um, obviously the the methods you're offering through tokenization through ArcFi, but whether it's within ArcFi or outside ArcFi, if I'm a collector, I'm an artist, and I, I go through this process and set it up, and my artwork's on chain, what are some other things I could do with it? Could I resell it? Could I lend it out? Um, is there something more creative that could be done with it? Just kind of curious all the different avenues someone could take. Yeah, I mean, for, for our solution, it, it's a bit limited at the moment. But I think for all the tokenization projects out there, I mean, you could place it in the metaverse, which is actually quite cool because you could also build your private museum. You can connect it to a collection management system and then you can basically walk around and, and experience all the art virtually, which is a good way to expose it as well. But you could also be able to trade it. The only difficulty, I would say, when it comes to trading is that the moment that, and now come a bit back to the, the regulatory framework, because if you just own a regular fraction, and you sell this fraction, there's different type of, of ownership constellation. It can be that the majority has to vote what will happen, but it can also be that you are independent, uh, you have your own independent decision over those tokens. And that means if at some point in the future uh, you would like to repurchase your Picasso because you were in the urgent need of liquidity, you might not be able to do it depending on how the smart contract is, is conducted. And this is something that is very important you have to take into consideration before you go into tokenizing a, a physical piece of, of art. Um, in regards to the tokenization of the art, I know in the US, um, there's still a, a large debate and court battle going on with many companies in regards to whether or not crypto is a security, crypto is a commodity, you know, the tokens fall under the same aspect. Um, curious, you know, what you guys think in terms of tokenizing art, if it falls into one of those categories or something brand new. Um, or what that could potentially be classified as, at least for a U.S. citizen? Yeah, for a U.S. citizen, I would say that um, uh, uh, the, what is being traded, um, we, have to, we have to go for self-regulation, meaning that we have to find best practices that work well in traditional industries without compromising users' um, private identity information. So what we want to contribute in this is to um, ensure that if someone does KYC, eventually we can uh, convert this into zero-knowledge proofs that can be deployed in a verifiable credential on-chain so that you will, um, can prove as um, a buyer that you have done um, uh, that you went through a verification, that, uh, but without sharing your personal details. Um, and that with um, uh, and that if you if you enforce a process like this, you go through the best practice steps. So if um, uh, as as a company will not be necessarily force, forcefully um, uh, thrown into uh, regulations that don't make any sense. Uh, so I'm really pro self-regulation, trying to uh, build best, best practices within the industries with partners in order to come with um, uh, solutions that don't warrant any follow-up regulations from regulators because there is no need to jump in because nothing goes wrong. And um, I hope uh, this will be an entirely separate asset class, not a commodity, not a security, just it's a, it's a digital asset. 
I think I think you have a good point there, Matthias. Also, if you look at uh, because the question was also in relation to US, and to my knowledge, at least art is not classified as a security when you're trading it over an auction house or when you go to a gallery or whatever. So why should it all of a sudden be a security because you put it on chain? That for me is is a bit uh, weird uh, to put it directly, uh, because you cannot say that certain people has to be uh, has to be classified as a security when they're trading with the art pieces, but everybody else they can just, as I said in, earlier in, in this conversation, is the wild west when you go into the regular art market right so then one could say okay if the regular art market were to be uh, more let's say enforced on the, on the on the regulatory side okay then it could be considered also to embed that on chain but before that i don't see why do we start to put regulations on chain um, when this is actually just preventing innovation at the end of the day Good points made. And I, I generally agree too. Like, I don't see why it would change putting art on chain. You know, why would it be considered a security? It's just crazy in the US right now because no one knows what to do. And it's like, if it wasn't on chain, I think we'd all know what to do. But it's like, once you put it on, on top of blockchain and tokenize it or something, then everyone freaks out. It's like, oh, it's got to be this. It's got to be that. It's it, it's mm -hmm. wild right now in the US. I, that's why I'm yeah. in Colombia. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> Um, what's next for Arc Five? What do you guys have on your roadmap for the rest of 2023, wrapping up the year? Do you have any updates, anything you want people to be aware of in terms of things that are rolling out? I know you guys mentioned today was a big day. Um, what else you got coming up? We got quite a, a few things coming up, but I can sadly not speak too much in detail about it. The, the thing that we're working a lot on at the moment is basically guarantees. So we will be able to guarantee a return in the near future. Uh, and that basically means whenever an option is, is being offered on the platform, there's a third party who's willing to give a guarantee of up to 75% of the market value, meaning that an investor will be guaranteed up to 50% in the event of a non-executed buyback. So that basically means that either they will get 4 to 6% return or they will get up to 50% in case of a non-executed buyback. So it makes it a very, very secure investment and it's not hit by any volatility and regardless of the outcome, investors, they will get a return. And this is something that I think is, is very, very unique. We're still working on finalizing all those elements, but I believe by the end of, of, of this year, at least, we should have everything in place to offer it on a wider scale. On top of that, we are also uh, planning on including cars and collectibles, of course. We're starting now with art. Um, we do have the request on the on the financing side from, from Collector, who's uh, illiquid at the moment. Uh, so it's just about really building up the community on our side uh, as we go along. I want to add on top of that, like for, from from Alliance Block side, we were working on uh, on, on on tons of things in parallel. Uh, but I think one relevant thing um, that's coming up in in the next few months is that um, we are working on an Exera exchange that has been deployed uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, we're adding uh, the usual ERC twenty pairs right now, and it's uh, it's really cool exchange, really easy to use. Um, but the important feature that's coming is that uh, you can trade real-world asset fractions there. I think this is a very exciting uh, feature and um, very in line with um, where we want to go and what's, what has been discussed for today. Excellent. Where can people go if they want to learn more about um, ArcFi, ArtBanks, Alliance Block? Where would you send people? Just to the website, social media, communities that you have? Where do you want to direct them? As a, from our side, of course, we'd like, like them to check out the website, first of all, but also to join the Telegram group or Discord. Uh, please join in, ask any question you may have in advance. I think uh, investing into art or any other 
uh, asset classes similar to that is about education. So, so it's important to ask the right questions. We feel comfortable with what are you going into? Where, where can you learn a bit more? What is this all about? How are the things being evaluated? What is the process behind it? What is the sale through rate as an example? Very common term in the art world, but the regular individual might not know about all those things. So please join uh, the Discord channel and ask those questions so we can, we can inform you uh, to make a better decision when it comes to investment. Yeah, besides arcfi.com, uh, please uh, check out allianceblog.io and um, hope uh, hope to see you there. Cool. Where can people find you guys online if they want to connect with you, uh, Mads, Matthias, uh, LinkedIn, social media? Where would you send them? Yeah, from, from my case, I'd probably said no to LinkedIn. I'm, I'm from the Web2 <laughs> community, <laughs> so I'm still, still tipping my toes into the Web3. Um, but but I prefer to to go over LinkedIn, Boy Thompson. You can find me there or through one of the companies, either Artbanks or Archify. Yeah, please find me on Twitter. Uh, my username is, uh, I mean, Twitter? What is that? That doesn't exist. I'm an X, X, X. <laughs> Uh, please find me on X. Uh, my username is, uh, well, my full name. That's it. Simple. Well, it's not simple. My name is far from simple. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. Really appreciate it. I think ArcFi is a um, very fascinating platform that I think will be very interesting for a lot of artists, art collectors out there that you know want to take advantage of what you're offering with tokenization and um, it's also a good conversation today on tokenization in general. I think it's something that's going to be very uh, make for a very big industry relatively soon. So thanks for sharing and really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so much, much for having us. Cheers. Take Final care. message from our sponsor, Nitro Betting. Nitro Betting gives you so many options to bet, wager, play with a deep sports book from NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, MMA to motorsports, poker, blackjack, esports, Rocket League, Call of Duty. You name it. There's plenty of diversity and choice. So go to nitrobetting.eu to experience everything they have to offer. All links are in the description for the episode and see you guys on the next one.